Mars Hill, hear these words from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 20 and 21, which can be found on page 169 in the Shed Bible. In the future, when your children ask you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell them we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning again, Mars Hill. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet, if you're new or you're back after a long time, my name is Kyle Lake and I serve as our family life pastor here. And for those of you who have been around for a while, I think it's no surprise that I'm preaching out of the book of Deuteronomy this morning, right? Surprise, surprise. Well, uh, as we get going this morning, as Nikki mentioned, uh, feel free to sit at these tables. Uh, Feel free to stretch, to get up and move around. And I highly recommend uh, children, young and old, to have one of our coloring sheets this morning. Uh, because they go directly with our teaching. And so there's a handful of coloring sheets on the corner of the stage, at the tables, bucket of crayons if you want to use those. And children in the room, I would like to invite you all to come up here for a moment. Come on, come on. If you're, if you're willing, if you're not too shy or tired this morning, I know it's been so tough having Christmas break away from school and things of that nature, but come on up if you're a child. And today, I actually want you to come on the stage. I'm going to invite you onto the stage. Just be maybe a little careful of the instruments and the cameras and things of that nature, because those aren't mine, and, you know, I'd like to still be working here next week. Now, uh, oh. Okay, I know all those coloring sheets there. Make sure you take one on your way out. Make sure you take one for your parents too because they're, they're going to be shy and they're not going to want to take one, but they really want one. Uh, and you're going to fold it in a special way like this, all right? So you'll see there's some dotted lines to help you fold it. But now, uh, kids, every week when we gather down the hallway, we say together that we are discovering our place in God's big story. And that we learn about God's big story in the Bible. And in our story this morning, perhaps you already heard it, you all have a very important part. An important part in the story, an important part in what we're going to be learning this morning. But I also want to tell you where we are headed over the next 10 to 15 minutes, okay? I know sometimes you're not in here, and so I want to tell you where where we are going, uh, and let me let you in on a little secret. It's not really a secret because we're all listening in on this, and you shouldn't keep secrets anyway. Where we are headed is right here. This table is where the next 10 to 15 minutes are headed. In fact, most of my sermons, if not all of them, are headed to this table. And this table... I'm going to give you a little sneak peek. 
This table tells a story. It's your story, and it's my story, and it's our story. And so that is where we are headed. And so I invite you to head back to wherever you were sitting before, grabbing all of those coloring sheets to pass out. Maybe even give them to some adults you don't know that are around you because they also would like them. And take a handful of crayons with you. One of my dad's favorite things to do when I was a kid and still one of his favorite things to do, is to take pictures. After every family vacation, he would head to the photo printing shop and get his pictures put onto slides. Yes, slides. And every so often, he would get out this large projector screen and turn off the lights in the living room and turn on the slide projector, I can still hear the sweet whirring of the slide projector and the clicking of the remote and the slide dropping into the slot. And we as a family would gather around and look through these family pictures, uh, remembering our vacation, telling stories about great and beautiful moments and embarrassing ones as well. And even now, 30 years later, uh, some of those stories are so legendary that whenever we get together, we remember them and we tell them as a family. And now my children are beginning to learn these stories as well. In some ways, every time we get together as a family and we tell these stories about our childhood and our vacation, we are pulling back the curtain of time and inviting our kids to hear this story. We're pulling back the curtain of time and inviting our kids to see what's happening on the stage. And in some ways, here in the book of Deuteronomy, we have something similar. We have this living room scene where Moses, the teacher, Moses the leader, Moses the father figure in some ways, is going through the greatest hits, dropping a few slides in the projector, and telling the story once again to the people of Israel as they are about to enter into the land that God has promised them. Telling them the story about their wilderness journey. Telling them the story about their disobedience, telling them the story about how God allowed them to defeat king after king, telling them the story about God's gracious invitation to live a particular kind of way as a particular kind of people because of who God is and what God has done. Moses, in some ways, was pulling back the curtain of time 
for this generation and the generations to come and was telling them the story, reminding them the story that they are to know as they are entering into the land. But importantly, as we heard in our teaching text this morning, Moses also gives them a script. Moses also knows that perhaps there will come a time when children will do what children do, and they will ask a question. Children, how many of you like asking questions? Yes, it is a great thing about being a child. Never stop asking questions. But Moses is not talking about questions like, what's for dinner? Or can I watch TV? Or will you play a game with me? Or what's the weather going to be like tomorrow so I can pick out my clothes with you and then in the morning decide I'm not going to wear that outfit that we had picked out and agreed on the night before? Those are important questions to ask. But that's not the question that Moses is talking about. Moses is talking about a deeper and a more significant question. Like, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? What is the meaning of Christmas? Why did Jesus die? Why do we go to church? What is baptism? Why do bad things happen? These kinds of questions, if your experience is anything like mine, rarely come at a time when you're prepared to answer them. They don't come when you have clear thought in mind. They come at bedtime or after you've had a long day or at the chaos of mealtime or when you're running late or sort of out of the blue. And what is true for us was probably true for the Israelites as well. And so Moses gives them a script. Moses invites them to tell the story invites them to pull back the curtain of time and to tell them, we were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. But God, God did something amazing. God did something decisive. God entered in and redeemed us. God brought us out with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of power. Tell them the story. Drop another slide in the projector. Tell them what God has done. In their recent book, the researchers Christian Smith and Amy Autumn Chizik note this. They say parents talking with teenage children about religious matters during the week 
is indeed a significant and powerful factor associated with emerging adult children's greater importance of faith and religious service attendance reported a decade later. In fact, parents talking is even more strongly associated with religious importance than either increased parents' importance of faith or more frequent religious service attendance, both of which we already know to be major influences. What they're saying here is that telling the story matters. That talking to your children about life and faith and how God's story intersects with our story matters. That it's really important that pulling back the curtain of time and dialoguing about those things together matters, that giving space to listen, ask questions, and tell stories matters, that you don't have to have all of the answers. Notice what they didn't say. They didn't say that you have to be a systematic theologian. They didn't say you have to know exactly what to say and when to say it. They didn't have, they didn't say that you have to be a pastor. All they said was that you have to be willing to engage and have conversation, that you have to tell the story. And so what might it look like for you to create rhythms to have these kinds of conversations in your life? What might it look like for the drive to school To be one in which you bless your children and remind them that no matter what they hear in the hallway, no matter how they perform in the classroom, no matter the ways that they're left out at the lunchroom or are disappointed in how they show up to their friends, That God has something good and beautiful to say about them. Something true and lovely that cannot be changed, that cannot be taken away. That they are God's child. What might it look like at bedtime to remind your child that even as they enter into sleep, even as they do nothing, that God loves them? What might it look like to create some rhythms for these kinds of conversations to happen? But Moses' invitation here in Deuteronomy isn't just for parents. It's for grandparents and aunts and uncles. It's for friends. It's an invitation in some ways to the church for God has made us a family. We are the family of God. And so everyone has a role to play. Everyone is on the hook. Because what research shows alongside of what we just heard about important conversations taking place is that 
all of us, and particularly children, need five people in our life. Five people to come alongside of us and point us back to faith, point us towards God to talk and to enter in with us, to remind us of who we are and who we are called to be. Five people in some ways to pull back the curtain of time and remind us of the great stories of our faith and to help us make sense and understand of God's activity and movement in our world and in our lives. We all need people, young and old. And so what does discipleship look like for you in 2024? I think Moses is inviting the people here into a pathway of discipleship. When you ask, what's the meaning of these decrees and laws and stipulations that God has given you? Who are you going to turn to? Who are you going to ask that question of? Who might you invite in this year to walk alongside you and to help you pull back the curtain of time a bit? And who might you come alongside of to help someone else as they navigate the complexity of life, as they ask the important questions, who might you come alongside of? There's already an amazing group of people who walk alongside our kids and our students who are helping them ask and and answer these important questions. How might you enter into that this year in our community? With whom are you hearing and telling the story? So that way, when your children ask you, when your coworker asks you, when your neighbor asks you, when your friends at school ask you, that you pull back the curtain of time and you tell them the story. And when they ask you about why the sunset over Lake Michigan or the fields of Hudsonville or the hills of Grand Rapids is so beautiful, tell them the story about a God who created the world and loves the world dearly and loves all that God has made. When your children or your neighbor or your coworker asks you, what does it look like to be brave? Tell them the story about Shifra and Pua, the midwives in Egypt who acted so bravely to save a whole generation of Hebrew boys. When your children and your neighbor and your coworker and your friends ask you, what does it look like to be bold and a person of valor and faith? Pull back the curtain of time and tell them the story about Queen Esther and the story about Ruth. 
When your children ask you why there is war, pull back the curtain of time and tell them about Isaiah's beautiful vision. The one in chapter 2, when people from all nations come to the Lord's mountain and they beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks and they train for war no more. When your children ask you why there's so much chaos in our lives, in our world, pull back the curtain of time and tell them about the time when Jesus calmed the storm on the Sea of Galilee and can calm any storm in our lives and in our world. When your children ask you how to pray, pull back the curtain of time and tell them about the psalmist's laments and pleas and praises of God. Tell them about who has helped you in your faith about your Sunday school teacher, Mr. Campbell, or your small group leader, Tom, who listened and cared in the difficult season in your life. Pull back the curtain of time and tell them that it's not because we are mighty, but because God is mighty. Pull back the curtain of time and tell them not because we are powerful, because God is powerful. Pull back the curtain of time and tell them it's not because we are faithful, but because God is faithful. Pull back the curtain of time and tell them it's not because we have loved but it's because God has loved. Pull back the curtain of time and tell them that once what was once lost has been found and those who have been wandered and wandered away have been welcomed home. Pull back the curtain and tell them the joyous news that we proclaim every Easter morning, that he is not here, that he is risen. And so when you are asked by your children, when you are asked by your neighbor, when you are asked by your friends, when you're asked by your coworkers, and when you yourselves ask the important and significant questions in our lives and in our world, like why bad things happen, why there's evil in the world. Why 18-year-olds are taken well before their time. Pull back the curtain. Tell the story. Tell them about this table. That at this table, 
we proclaim a message about one who entered into our world as love. One who died so that all who die might live eternally. One who has overcome the power of sin and death and darkness in our world and who will come again. Pull back the curtain and tell them the story. And so let us pray. And so blessed are you, O Lord, our God, ruler of the universe. For you are a good and loving God, and you have indeed entered into our world. And you have acted so graciously and mercifully in the history of your people and in the lives of your church. And so may you awaken in us by your spirit an awareness of how to tell your story, how to tell your good news in a world that is desperate for your healing. And so speak, Lord, to us this day and forevermore. For we are your church and we are your people. And we long to hear your voice. Amen. And so Mars Hill, we say to you, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, the God, Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Holy and right it is, our joyful duty to give thanks to you at all times and all places. O Lord our God, almighty and everlasting creator, you created the heavens with all of its hosts and earth with all of its plenty. You've given us life of and being and you have shown the fullness of your love in sending into the world your son Jesus Christ who has brought us us and all the creations back to you for this amazing gift we praise and bless your glorious name joining our voices in your church and the whole company of heavenly hosts holy 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 lord god of power and might heaven and earth are full of your glory Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Send your Holy Spirit upon us, we pray, that the bread that we break and the cup that we bless may be to us the communion of the body and blood of Christ, and that in receiving these gifts we may join to him. And so just as grain has been gathered from many fields into these loaves and grapes from many hills into this cup, Grant, O oh Lord, that your whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth. Into your kingdom, even so come, Lord Jesus. 
And so we together rehearse the story that's been passed on to us. We pull back the curtain together, telling the story that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after they had feasted, he took this cup and he blessed it and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And so whenever we eat this bread and we drink from this cup, whenever we come to this table, we proclaim the story. We proclaim that indeed Christ has died and we proclaim that he has risen and that by God's grace and mercy, he will come again into this world to make all things new. And so together, let's speak these words that the church around the world speaks together, that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. And so come. Come, all you who are hungry. Come, all you who are thirsty. Come, all you who are heavy laden. Come, all you who are grieving. Come, all of you who need to hear the story once again, and not only hear, but to taste and to see the story story that indeed the Lord is good. This is his table. He is the gracious host, and he invites us to come to it whenever and however we need to come to it. And so come. All things are ready. All of the elements are allergen-free, and if you would like to pray with someone, you pray in the back, or you can write a prayer request and stick it in one of our walls, and our staff will be praying for you this week. And so let us come. <laughs>